Good morning, Divine Dolls. Hope you got a good night's rest. Hope you're having an amazing day. Hope you're having a powerful, upbeat, and creative day. I usually say powerful, upbeat, and productive day, but I feel like creativity prompts you or propels you to um, productivity. But so yeah, so there's three things I want to address here. I'm going to play the soundbite. Um... But one, I think I'm going to title this, you know, Black women need to pay attention to who we're addressing, who we really need to address, and I think what we can do for ourselves. So let me go ahead and play this. Let me turn the volume up. Our communities, we are tired of coming here and sitting before you and asking you over and over and over again to do something to protect the very people that voted to put you in office. We are not going to sit here and ask you or beg you to do your job. We are demanding that you do what is right. We are in the middle of an emergency. This is an emergency. People are dying. And I think that you guys are missing the fact that you work for us. You work for us. And the people are demanding that you do what we ask. We need you to divest from the NYPD, from the SRG, and invest in our communities. So this is so interesting. This this has a lot of fodder for fire. Um, <clears throat> and it took me a while to kind of try to figure out what she was talking about. And a part of me wanted to think that maybe she was talking about the femicide rates. But I was like, do you really want to have them address the femicide rates? Because when they come and address the femicide rates, you know they're going to be. <laughs> and then towards the end of the, the thing, she said the NYP, NYPD that we need to like move away from them. I have, I promise you... Um, an old podcast where I sound just like her, just like her, just like defund the police, whatever, what have you. Um, but I think that we kind of need to peel back the layers a little bit more. And I'm going to see if maybe, you know, if, if you're pragmatic, maybe you can be persuaded to see things a little differently from this argument. Um, let me, let me go ahead and play it again from the top and we'll kind of dissect it bit by bit we are tired tired okay tired with the t at the end of coming here and sitting before you and asking you over and over and over again to do something to protect the very people that voted to put you in office this this is deep on so many levels because one of the comments that somebody put is like, well, maybe we need to stop voting for them. Um, I'm what if you really want to peel back the layers on that too, you get to a point where you kind of understand that there's a psychology behind why they have the voting system in place, and once you understand how that works, you probably will never vote again. Um. I will say this, when you understand the psychology behind voting, 
there's something behind it that when you vote, you feel that you are absolved of having to take responsibility for the outcome in your life. So they will give you the choice between the lesser of two evils and it, it, it goes way deeper into that. But basically the outcome is part of the psychology is when you vote and I'm not saying everybody's like this. Are there people who go out and still take action for their life and whatever, what have you? But you can kind of see it even with how on a, on a larger scale, if you can kind of think of outside of yourself and being like, well, I don't do that. I vote and I still go to work or I vote and I still. But if we didn't have this thing where we're kind of depending on someone else to take care of stuff for us, then you would have more autonomy out of your life. And I think that's kind of interesting because that's kind of where I was going with this video anyways. But um, she's also talking about what's going on in our community. And so, but what is going on in the community? And I think when you start to compare, you know, do we have more police violence or do we have more femicide rates, right? Like who's doing the domestic violence? Who's doing the homicides? Who's doing the burglaries? Who's doing the assaults? Um, are we at a point where we really need to just say that the problem is the law enforcement or the people that are being that the laws are being enforced on? Are there things that can be addressed in both parties to where you do have bad apples? Absolutely. Um, but at the same time, if you get down to the root of the problem, I've said this before. When you start to peel back the layers and start to see like part of the people that were, were trying to defend that got caught up with the police were running from the police, had multiple warrants. And I'm not saying that they have, a, um, they're not jury and executioner, you know, judge, jury and executioner, but it's like they, they have behaviors behind them that are going to put any normal person on alert. You know what I'm saying? And that job, you know, you're called to have quick execution, quick critical thinking, judgment, whatever. Not everybody's cut for it. I will agree with that. But if we were to really step back and say, okay, what are the cases that really warrant us wanting to make sure that we are being policed better? You want to make sure that they police, you know, like how are they treating pregnant women or just are they being racially discriminatory type of a thing, right? And um, excessive use of, of force or, or that type of thing, right? But for the most part, and uh, I'm going to leave, I'm gonna, uh, there's something that really is on the tip of my tongue that I really want to say, but I'm going to, it will come out eventually. Let's Let's keep playing this. But yeah, when you start to think about who are we really protecting from who? Because um, this looks like it's an older video. And we have come such a long ways from, from that conversation in the sense that when you look at the grander scheme of things, we are on, we are on the side where now we have less police, we have less law enforcement coming out. And now it's resulting into where it can take 12 hours for them to respond to a call. It can take them several hours to, you know, I've heard as much as 12 hours. And so you're left to fend for yourself. 
And so it's the problem is not that they're not responding fast enough. You told them you didn't want them to come out here. You wanted that you told them to cut back and to, you know, retreat. That's not your problem. The problem is the person who's breaking in through your door, robbing you, assaulting you, you know, the domestic, you know, shooting at you, trying to cause you harm. That's where the root of the problem is. Let me keep playing this. We are not going to sit here and ask you or beg you to do your job. And so what's interesting thing too is because when I heard her say that, I was like, mm, you're asking them to do your job. Are you willing to have this same conversation with the people who are essaying you, toe tagging you, assaulting you, robbing you, breaking and entering, aggravated assault? Doing the Are you willing to have that conversation with the people in your community? Like, do you have that same equal amount of smoke for them too? Because that's really kind of low-key who we need to be having the conversations with. I think in every community, white people need to have this in their community. Hispanic people need to have this in their community. Asian people need to have this in their community too. When, when you start to peel back the layers on this, because I watch the news... And I think part of it, too, is because California, for the most part, is, is it's a melting pot at this point. Um, and so you get to see the diverse stuff. And right up there in, in Chinatown, Koreatown, their own Asian men will be stabbing their own store owners out there. But, you know, let them tell it. It's, it's you know, predominantly black people. But wherever you have predominance of a certain racial demographic, those are going to be... Because when it comes down to femicide too, um, the so you're more likely to be toe tagged by your domestic partner or somebody in your neighborhood, right? So if the if we're broken down by where the 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 neighborhoods are gonna be, you know, for the most part, predominantly whatever race you are, then that's who's going to be causing you that harm, right? So, um, if we were able to step out of that conversation a little bit, we would start to understand that we need to be talking to the people who are toe-tagging, which coincidentally, I wasn't even trying to go this direction. We need to have a conversation with the XYs. Because <laughs> it's mostly the XYs out here creating, wreaking havoc. To, really, and I wasn't even planning to go that way because if you if you sit down and start to like cut things out, you know what I'm saying, and get drilled down to what the issue is, you we're gonna be having the the conversation with the people in our community. You know, this is part of the reason, and and I I even hate to even again wasn't even planning to say this or never thought it would come on the radar, but there's a reason why. Um, if if you want to drill down to the Bible stuff, y'all you know I grew up in the church, type of a thing, so it it's bound to come out. But part of the reason that there was a part in the in the history of the Israelites where the the God that they had um, said, you know, I don't want you to have any God before besides me. I don't want you to have a man put into place to be your king because he is going to rule TF out of you. He's going to drive you into the ground. He's going to slut you out, slave you out, 
you know, he's going to subjugate you. He's going to oppress you. And what happened is all of the other nations had, you know, leaders and they liked the idea of being like, it's kind of like they were sold like clickbait, kind of like, well, everybody else has a a leader. We don't have a leader. We want to have a leader because other nations had it. And so if you've read the Bible, or kind of familiar with the Bible. This is when they brought in Saul and Saul was like the, you know, that six foot nine dude with the broad shoulders, handsome, attractive, came from a pretty affluent family, right? And this is who the people chose, right? This is who they chose. And he had, Saul had, he was a very conflicted being. And the people absolutely began, that was the beginning of their suffering, right? Um, And so, but one of the things that you kind of have to learn is that if you put leaders in place, it creates this false narrative that now these few little people who are who are taxing you the one percent or whatever, like taxing you whatever it is they want, they live in their plush homes, living off of us working to pay their tax, their salary and taxes. And we don't really deal with what's going on in our neighborhoods with our community and our people. I know that it, it can sound a little bit kind of too cut down to the wire, um, you know, and so then now it's like having, you can't have everybody talking at the same time, so you would need to have delegates. And actually, one of the interesting things too, when I think about it in um Again, just, you know, early morning chit-chat talk type of thing. Even in the Bible, before they um, appointed a leader, one of the things, so they had Moses that had an assignment type of a thing to um, to help them through that passage in their life. But one of the smartest things that was ever done was to set up judges and delegates, right? Um, people that could troubleshoot and and what the problems were. And then if they couldn't figure it out locally, then they would take it regionally. Then they would take it, you know, kind of like statewide. And then they would take it to the main person. And then from there, they could make decisions about how to troubleshoot about land, property, you know, um, and and that kind of stuff. So I think it just all kind of comes down to it. But I think that we're kind of relinquishing too much expectations, unrealistic expectations to what a few people can do. Nobody's going to care about your home base more than you, you know? And, but at the same time, you know, those people don't live in your zip code. They don't live in your neighborhood. They don't live in your area. And so it means that you're going to have to turn around and have these same conversations with the people in your community. So for her, in her case, it would have to be the conversations with the black man in her um, community. One of the, my favorite phrases that I learned this year was that the fish rots from the head down, meaning that you have to address, because we do live in a patriarchy, what happens with the male leadership? How, what are the things that they have in place and what are they doing about it? Now, that being said, going to take me right back to where I was at the beginning of the video, which is, I think that us women start to realize that the patriarchy is a flawed, failed system. So then if you really want to have a sense of autonomy and 
revisit what it means to have an inner locus of control, now that means that you're going to distance yourself the best you can from those types of people. A lot of times it's, you know, these domestic violence things is because it's your partner, right? It's somebody that you chose to get into a relationship that, you know, we're learning now a lot of a lot of the traumas that come for black women is our proximity to the black men. So you've got to like figure out how to distance yourself. That being said, you know, if you live in that community until you can get out, sometimes if you're a child, you are left to the decisions of whatever it is that your parents decide for yourself, whatever school your system you're in and the neighborhood you're in. But if if you have like that, I think the word is like chutzpah. I've heard this before. I think I is I don't know if it comes if it's like a Jewish word or something, but it's kind of like if you've got this, I guess the other word from like if you're from like old school Yankee, if you have this grit within yourself or this determination to get out of the hood or whatever these areas are and learn how to just not be around certain people that act a certain way, are you still going to and this is why the conversations are so important cuz you can you can still, it's at a point now where things have gotten so bad that you can go to your regular neighborhood. I mean, like be in a nice neighborhood. And now there, these types of entities are creeping up into the nicer areas too. But I don't think that it's like Joe Biden, Don't he don't care <laughs> what's happening. All he knows, he's living on Pennsylvania. What is it? 1111 Pennsylvania Avenue. I don't I don't remember the address, but I think it's Pennsylvania Avenue, if I'm not mistaken, right? Living his whole best entire life, jet setting everywhere, falling off his bike, eating ice cream, forgetting his scripts, getting his diaper changes, like bruh. You know what I'm saying? Um other the other parties that are running for office, they don't they don't give a damn about what's going on. I mean, it's all charismatic, right? But let me keep playing this. So. We are demanding that you do what is right. We are in the middle of an emergency. This is an emergency. People are dying. And I think that you guys are missing the fact that you work for us. You work for us. And the people are demanding that you do what we ask. And I, like I said, it's funny because I, you know, I have, I still have the podcast up. I think that, um, I want to make sure that I, I, I give equal smoke to everybody. Everybody can get it today, this Monday morning. How you doing? What's good with it? So, but, um, if you're, I, you know, I, 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 I'm in a space for those of you who've been with me for a while. I wonder to what degree can you, um, uh, appeal to someone's moral sense Right, because I can be on here and I could say, "Listen, if you're gonna take an office, then make sure that you are gonna serve the people. Make sure that you have the, you know, the um, best interests of the people that you serve at hand." But people are gonna do what they what they want to do. Some people want recognition that comes with it. Some people want the clout that comes with it. Some people want the money that comes with it. Right um, the politics behind it. So I don't know to what degree they can be, um, reasoned with. Um, but, and so, and then, so then this is what happens. We, this is part of the consequences of us 
electing these type of people. You know, um, and so she's pretty much done with what she's saying. But can you imagine if we had like, I'm going to play this again. And I want you to imagine instead of her having this conversation with the politicians. If she had this conversation and she was talking to like even like young kids in elementary schools. Right. If she was talking to. I, I would dare say elementary school kid. The same thing that she's saying right here, if she was talking to them like this, if she was talking to parents like this, if she was talking to the men in the community like this, this is how I think it should sound, right? We need you to divest from the NYPD, from the SRG. And Hold on, it's not over yet. We are tired of coming here and sitting before you and asking you over and over and over again to do something to protect the very people that voted to put you in office. We are not going to sit here and ask you or beg you to do your job. We are demanding that you do what is right. We are in the middle of an emergency. This is an emergency. People are dying. And I think that you guys are missing the fact that you work for us. Now, what is so interesting, and I, I, I'm, this is so interesting because this person made a comment that I, so this person said, this lady is right on point. The politicians work for the American people. That's on a whole different level because this one, she's talking to the NYPD. And I think that particularly for her as a black woman in the black community and the implications of asking the police to withdraw their presence from the very communities who probably need it the most in America right now is different. But I think that um, if he's talking about polit politicians who work for the American people in general, he says, vote these politicians out who um, love guns more than human lives. This lady needs to run for office. Okay, her voice echoes across the nation. Vote blue across the nation. This may be New York, but what she says holds true across the um United States. This was interesting to me because um I think well I kind of lost my train of thought as I was, I was laying up the you know the the launchy pad type of thing, but The politicians do have a responsibility to do what is right, but I don't know to what it's. I think I'm at a stage where like once you learn that you cannot rationalize for me, right? Hear me out. You cannot rationalize with X, Y's. Um, and then you start to understand that there's categories of people that you just cannot rationalize with. I think that there is something to be said about, you know, voting them in or voting them out. But at the same time, we have, I think 2023, at this point, we have seen, you know, exactly what happens. All of the pandering and the promises, you know, come out when it's, it's midterm elections and they promise you the sky, the moon, you know, the everything. And as soon as they get into office and they're collecting the paychecks, it's like, it just goes back to their hands are tied. There's nothing that they can do. Mm. So, you know, I don't know. And I, I do think that it's um, two coins of the, two sides of the same coin. So those, that's, those are just my thoughts. Now, so my thought, my, my questions when I first started this video were, 
who is she talking to? Who do we really need to be talking to? I think I addressed those two things. And I wanted to really end with the emphasis on the correct power. Uh, do the correct emphasis on the correct syllable. <laughs> um, I feel like especially I, I'm aware that, you know, my podcast at this point surprisingly reaches quite a diverse amount of people. And I think that's good. And I want to continue to grow in that way. But I feel like um, if, if we put it in a, in a small little microscope and just looking at how black people are operating. And for us black women, how can we what what lies in our locus of control? I think that me revisiting that conversation, even within the last maybe 14 days revisiting what what is in my locus of control will get me way further than me begging someone else to put my interests first right um it's a, it's a different type of vote um you start to kind of move a little bit different you reallocate your resources differently would an out an aspect of that be mean voting differently yes I think that it's unfortunate because if you try to pigeonhole yourself into where you're voting for, to I, I've talked about this before, like how if you look at how Republicans and the Democratic Party, their their um, communication with black women is subpar, it's substandard, it's insulting at, at best. Um, So the best thing that I can do is get my money up, you know, focus on financial literacy, making sure that my downline, my, my, you know, yeah, my, my, um, I guess would be like progenitors or like not ancestors, uh, at not, um, predecessors. No, 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 that's not the right word. Those who come after me, don't come at me y'all. I still haven't had my matcha tea this morning and, and that's going to be my next move and going to go about my my day here but whoever is come my lineage you know that's coming behind me that they're set up and that you know um I can get them out of those you know in the, in the sense of like for the collective right get them out of those neighborhoods get them the education that they need be intentional about the personal development that comes with raising upstanding citizens who can protect themselves physically, mentally, financially, instilling in them the financial literacy that they need to navigate the landscape that we're currently in and um and 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 in in my particular case add to the voices of kind of like trying to make sure that we can exercise more of our autonomy to the best that I, that we can to, you know, to, um, address what is in our environment. So that's kind of how I look at it. And I think it's going to mean just, I, I have to probably spend a little bit of time revisiting like where all the different countries are for the people that listen to my podcast and stuff, but even throughout the United States. And I think all the different cultures, um, and I start to see the similarities, like, I think, for Japanese women and what black women are going through. Um, 
I'm familiar with what happens in the like Hispanic or Latino culture and some of the things that they go through um, type of a thing. And so it's interesting because as I'm going to close it, close out here too, sometimes it can feel like we are at a disadvantage because <clears throat> what should have been happening is that we should have been getting reinforced enough to where we have enough energy to pay it forward to make a positive difference for the future. But I think that so many of us right now are kind of caught trying to just catch up on making sure that we're established, which reminds me, one of the books that we were reading earlier this year, The Science of Getting Rich by Dr. Wallace Waddles, and maybe I think that still plays a role in how I think and approach things. Um, and he, he said, you know, the best thing, the best way to help your community and to make other millionaires is that you have to become a millionaire first. And I think that a lot of us are in that situation where this is kind of like that call to action. Like you be, make sure that you're that, whatever it is that the community needs first. So you make sure you take care of home base first. And if a lot of us were taking care of home base first, then it makes it easier for then you to make the difference moving forward. And that it's a really cool reassessment for the space that I'm in right now. A lot of you know that I'm revisiting, re-getting back into trading, um, loving the process and the, the self-development that comes with it, the personal development that comes with it. And it's always been my intention, right? Um, but in spite of everything, this next go-round is kind of like, Understanding that I'm not just learning for myself. I'm learning this so that I can pass this skill on to my niece. I have a couple of godsons that I absolutely would love to teach this stuff to. So as I'm creating my journals, I'm thinking of like, okay, is this easy enough that I can teach it to my 16-year-old niece, my 19-year-old godson, and the other the you know, the other ones that are coming up? How do we make it easy for them to get in. And it, and I, I know it can be done because I see um, one of the guys I recently started following, He's he, he got into trading at 20, when he was 20. I don't think he's more than 25 now, just kind of like eyeballing um, type of a thing. So it can be done, but I think that it's, it's one of those things like the best way I can help my community is to make sure that I'm self-sufficient, that I'm not being a burden on society, but I know how to protect myself. Uh, at my scale and at my level. Um, and I guess part of the conversation is how do we make it better for other people? I guess it's kind of like we, our family, my lineage is going to be one less family that lives in those areas and making sure that, you know, we kind of take care of home. But I think that these conversations that she's trying to have, those are best held with the parents in our community, right? With the men in our community, with the women in our community too, right? Focusing more on the education and stuff like that. But I don't know, those are just my thoughts. I'm at the 30 minute mark. Yeah, I'm hungry. I already drank some water this morning. Um, but yeah, um, gonna go ahead and start my Monday morning out. Off to a pretty good start. Took a sneak peek at what was going on in the in the stock market. And um, it's been a pretty quiet morning. I'm just going to kind of mosey on through my days. The sun doesn't set until close to 8 p.m. 
sometime I think yeah like closer to 8 p.m so if I need to I'll take some cat naps in between but um I'll just kind of leverage the the energy spurts that I have but with that being said let me put my laptop down I'm gonna get some gonna get some matcha tea and that's gonna kind of help me get into the energy that I need to for a Monday I hope this was helpful. I will talk to y'all later. Later, Let me know what you think in the comments. Yes, Anchor does allow you to leave comments and for you to engage and, and um, leave it for other people to see, for myself to see and to kind of engage with. So I'll talk to y'all in the next one. Bye.